Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Get ready for Mind Shock with Dr. Ron Dalrymple, the premier podcast in the world bringing you hidden truths about your mind's incredible powers. Get ready to free your mind. Welcome to Mind Shock. Dr. Ron Dalrymple. The show will take you to the outer limits of your mind and to the inner limits, the true final frontier. Our theme for this show is Evolution of the Supermind. I began working at NASA at 17 years old. This whole story started that we put people in space, which then we call the final frontier. But at 19 years old while at NASA, I made a discovery that if we consider the mind as an energy field that transcends the physical brain, that the true final frontier is inner space, the exploration of the true powers of mind. So our mission is to take you to the true outer limits of inner space. So think about that for a moment, the outer limits of inner space. Our motto for this show is super mind, super body, super spirit. In today's chaotic world, there's a revolution sweeping the globe about who we are and what we are doing here, a mind revolution that is changing everything, holding the theories of mind that turn old science on its head. Old science is three-dimensional and limited to the physical senses, but we're developing new models of science that consider n dimensions as n approaches infinity. Today we have a great guest who has done a lot of exploration in the structure of consciousness through yoga and the bud. Chris Hillam has written a fascinating book I think you're all going to enjoy hearing about. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ron. Thanks a lot for having me on today. It's a great pleasure. Well, it's our pleasure to have you here. I read your book enjoyed it very much. Really, it's fascinating journeys you've been on. And what we often do is have you start with talking about how your journey got started. Let me talk about it in the book. But please fill in our listeners about how it all began for you that led to where you are today. Well, sure. I, I'll try to... Uh make a, a long and sort of peripatetic, um, you know, journey into something a little bit more cogent. As, as a teenager, I was, uh, you know, I was a teenager in the 60s, and, and so as a result was exposed to all of the things that those of us who were teen- teenagers in the 60s were exposed to, and that included uh, LSD, which I first took uh, in 1967. And for me, LSD was a remarkable uh, door opener. It, it introduced me to even more vast states of consciousness than I, frankly, uh, had previously imagined or experienced, even though I had a very good imagination. And, you know, uh, many people uh, talk about whether or not 
things like LSD and cannabis are gateways. And, and I have to say, in my case, it was absolutely so. They were gateways to natural foods, to organic gardening, to yoga practice, to meditation, to um, a way of thinking about the world that more mirrored the experiences that I was having with these agents, experiences of interconnectedness, of, um, you know, really not uh, being separate from things, uh, all of that started to come into shape and in the interests that I and many of my friends pursued. And over the course of time, uh, that led me to eventually becoming equally fascinated with and, and involved with yoga and meditation and also botanical medicines um, for the past Oh, 27 or 28 years or so, I've earned my living traveling the globe, investigating natural plant remedies everywhere, and working with companies of all different types and indigenous native people of all different types to bring more good, healthy herbs, uh, you know, into the marketplace all over the world. And at the very same time, I've also encountered a great many psychoactive plants. Um, Cannabis, for example, I, I have investigated in the Altai where it emerged after, you know, the, the last ice age and then spread all over the world. And, and when you go to the Altai, you see something sort of akin to the Iowa Corn Belt, only it's cannabis, uh, just millions and millions and millions of tons of it. Um, I began my yoga meditation practice as I said, in my teens and carrying that forward, became aware due to numerous trips to India and reading a lot that there was a very significant association traditionally and historically between cannabis and yoga practice. And um, while I always advocate that people develop fine yogic skills and, and concentration and ability uh, unaided, I also have deeply explored the relationship between yoga and cannabis and how the two work synergistically, and that is the topic of my latest book, The Lotus and the Bud, um, you know, cannabis consciousness and yoga practice, uh, describing how the fusion of this, these two agents, which both come from antiquity, can be of tremendous value to people today. So um, that's a little bit about, you know, who I am and what I do. I, I also grew up in a media family, so at age seven started doing TV commercials, and I've done, uh, I'm, you know, well over 500 TV shows. I was uh, on Fox News Health in, in 100 countries for nine years, and was really fortunate to have millions of viewers every week. So I've tried to take the knowledge and the wisdom and what I've learned and what I've garnered and understood about various foreign cultures and indigenous native people and their practices and bring it forward um, to other people through media. So that's, that's a little bit about who I am and, and what I've been up to, Ron. Mm -hmm. That really is a fascinating journey. You've done a lot of different things. I was really intrigued in your book talking about the ancient antiquity of pot and other, as you mentioned, hallucinogenics. I know it's a, there's a guy I went to, I went to a sand conference, which is a science and non-duality in California in 2018. One guy was presenting the idea that through ancient times, people would travel throughout various trails, indigenous peoples, and the animals would leave, of course, uh, 
fecal matter behind them, and then mushrooms would grow, and some of these would be psychoactive. People would pick them. He thought that was one way in which it was, it was there to stimulate consciousness and that the plant, you know, that the higher power would provide these certain substances to increase and expand conscious growth, which you make the point well, in your book. Well, yes, and, and, and you know, we... It's funny, when you go back into history of most cultures, not all cultures, but most, you find psychoactive agents of different kinds uh, from the plant and fungus world um, that have been utilized ceremonially, that have been utilized uh, in a celebratory manner, that have been utilized for healing or divination and um, these agents unquestionably have, have predated organized religions and also have provided visions to people and insights to people that you read about in the scriptures of the religions, but without the trappings of the organizations and, you know, the hierarchical structures that they eventually become. So, yeah, I, I, I'm firmly convinced that you know, human beings have been exploring consciousness ever since they discovered agents to assist in doing that. Uh, and, and not just agents, though, also um, trials by ordeal, you know, like the sun ceremony that some Native Americans in the Southwest practice, or um, in my case, I've been fortunate to uh, do, you know, traditional fire walking in the South Pacific, um, you know, with indigenous Native people. We did it for six years, these massive, massive fire walks. And um, if you want something that completely and utterly alters your consciousness, stepping into a gigantic roaring pit of fire is a really good way to get there. So I think that we've always explored our minds, but now uh, at this particular time, with global, you know, globalization being what it is, and with um, information being so readily available, a lot more people have a lot more access to things from cannabis to ayahuasca to peyote to magic mushrooms, and. Um, you know, they're exploring for themselves this tremendous frontier of the human mind. And, and the, the only thing I would sort of semi-disagree with you on in your in, uh, introduction to your show is I don't, I don't think we've even begun to approach the uh, outer limits of the inner mind. Uh, I think that we have been doing some heroic exploration of the vastness of the mind, but I don't think we've gotten close to the limits at all. Just my opinion on that. Oh, no, I wouldn't say we're close to the limits. I was saying the same thing. We've just begun. You know, we're beginning to explore the outer limits of the inner mind and so forth. We're just, we're just now getting into it and understanding there's much more to it that the true final frontier is not space, not the physical world, what's inside right. of us as, as higher conscious beings. You know, it's yeah, interesting I, also is that no – Yeah, go ahead. No, no I, go ahead, I was yeah. going to say, I think there's no question about that. I mean, I, uh, I spent about, oh, 12 years or so. I haven't done it for about two years, but I spent about 12 years or so, um, you know, in the Amazon a lot, uh, drinking ayahuasca with uh, highly trained Amazonian shamans. And in the course of doing so, uh, both as part of my work and also as part of my uh, personal explorations, uh, and seeing a lot of other people go through this, it, it is apparent to me 
that traditional people possess knowledge that um, I think, you know, often we tend to disregard as archaic and really out of step with the needs of today, when in fact they have uh, long ago figured out ways of healing that are, are vastly powerful, that often address things that we don't seem to be able to deal with very well in our particular system of medicine, you know, things like long-standing traumas and phobias and, and various, uh, you know, hurdles that need to be overcome so that people can experience joy and happiness and their own inner creativity. Um, so I do think that uh, now with sort of a psychedelic renaissance, even though we have people you know, consuming a lot of synthetic agents like ecstasy, which is an old Merck amphetamine drug, and, and some other things. We also see this great, great explosion, if you will, in the natural psychedelics. Uh, and I think that that is, you know, in a way, kind of a, a natural evolution of our own um, learning in terms of not only exploration, but also healing, real integrative healing. You know, we describe body, mind, and spirit as somewhat separate usually, um, but it's really all one, and you get that sense of the harmonious oneness of what we are when you're deeply in with psychedelics of different kinds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating also the research going on with the endocannabinoid system. We went to a medical conference a couple of years ago, which is into age regeneration medicine. And finally, you know, the medical community has come around to the idea there's far more to it than just the physical body. As you know, the approach in allopathic medicine has been to use exogenous agents to heal and so forth and surgeries and things that make the big drug companies a lot of money. But they are slowly moving towards the idea that we are an integrative system or a holistic system. And they're looking for more answers. And they are starting to research these, like the endocannabinoid, which is really a fascinating thing. The research is showing the power of that and the presence of that. So how do you well, feel about that? Well, I mean, this is this is one of the delicious um, kind of ironies of our knowledge. You know, it really would seem that after hundreds and hundreds of years of carefully analyzing the body by all known means, we would have had it pretty much figured out. And yet, as late as the 90s, uh, researchers in Israel and the United States just started to discover what you just described, the endocannabinoid system, a vast network of receptors throughout the, the entire body um, whose design is such that this system actually keeps harmonious balance among all of the other systems, the nervous system, the respiratory system, the urinary system, the digestive system, um, you know, pretty much everything, bone growth, immunity, you name it. Um, and, and so this has been one of the, the astounding breakthroughs in medicine because the endocannabinoid system, in endo being interior, um, is designed to uh, be fed by cannabinoids, unique compounds that we manufacture in our own bodies. Um, we manufacture two of them, but the problem is we may not manufacture enough, or even if we do manufacture enough, you can still influence the endocannabinoid system, this vast system of receptors, 
in a profound way if you also utilize cannabis, either as psychoactive cannabis or for people who do not want the high, um, say a cannabinoid-rich hemp oil that is dominant in CBD, which is something that people are, have been you know, reading a lot about and hearing a lot about. Um, but yes, I think the endocannabinoid system um, has been you know, somewhat of a shock to science for the sheer fact that we didn't know about it. I mean, there are more endocannabinoid receptors in the brain than any other types of receptors. Um, so what this means for our relationship with cannabis is that cannabis uh, is like a key that fits into millions, perhaps billions, of locks throughout our entire body, aiding in the harmonization of all systems. It's quite remarkable. That really is fascinating. That's really intriguing finding. It's just, it changes everything, doesn't it, in terms of the, you know, back around 1900, there was a big move made by very powerful groups to take the old approaches to medicine, which are more naturopathic, and switch it to allopathic to make it based upon the production of exogenous drugs for the body and do surgeries and so forth and all the testing they do, which makes, of course, hundreds of billions of dollars for allopathic medicine to big drug companies. But mm -hmm. like you said, it's an interesting flip that now that people are realizing there's much more to it, there's much better ways to heal the body, and nature provides all these different herbs which heal the body, and we're designed that way. So the knowledge the work you're doing is great to make people aware of this. I'm really intrigued by the fact you've been investigating many herbs all over the world towards that purpose. That's well, tremendous. It, it's, you know, there are about 50,000 or so plants that people utilize as medicines globally, and, you know, a few hundred of them get the most notice uh, because they have the broadest use. And... Um, what I do is I go to countries like India and China and Vanuatu and, you know, Patagonia and Chile and the Middle East, you know, Syria. I go to Africa, Congo and, you know, various countries and explore the different medicinal plants that they have. And um, it is remarkable what's out there. And, and I think that at this point in time, many people are disenchanted enough with the pharmaceutical model. You know, medicine is, is largely a drug dispensation system here in the U.S., except for trauma care. And, um, you know, they seek another way. They seek a way that isn't going to cause them negative effects that then need to be dealt with with yet another drug. Um, so, yeah, I think that herbs uh, are naturally, you know, they continue to emerge in stronger and stronger ways, in part, not, not solely, but in part due to the utter dissatisfaction that people feel with synthetic toxic drugs. And if you just think about it uh, from a, a real-life standpoint, we have evolved with plants for millions of years. And we eat them, we drink their juices, we wear their fibers, we build homes out of them, we build furniture out of them, we adorn ourselves with them, you know, we put their fragrances on us, you know, we, we uh, manage to modify our consciousness with a whole bunch of them, and we use them as medicines. And we do not have that relationship, that multi-million-year co-evolutionary relationship with Prozac. We don't have it with Quanapin. We don't have it with any of those drugs. 
Um, and so, really, if we want something that actually works with the ingenious sophistication and complexity of the human body, then we want something from nature that is ingenious and complex. Absolutely. I guess absolutely true, especially when you correlate that with yoga and you put it in your book, of course, that you've correlated those two together. I'm sure there's a lot of fascinating things you've learned about how practicing yoga opens up the chakras and so forth towards higher consciousness and, of course, the herbs helping that. Tell us more about that integration, please. Well, yoga practice, uh, I've been very fortunate. I've been practicing yoga pretty much daily, every day for 54 years, and, and I have um, I don't even know what life would be like without it, you know, with, with postures and breathing and meditation and concentration and different methods. And, um, you know, yoga attunes the nervous system. I mean, if you've ever held a piano wire in your hands, you know, it's just a dull piece of wire. And then when it gets stressed just right, it becomes the perfect tone. And the idea is similar with yoga. You know, we, we help to remove obstacles throughout our entire body-mind system through practice, moving energy through there, clearing ourselves. And that naturally expands us and enlivens us and makes us more aware and also enables us in many instances to have some or a great deal of voluntary control over involuntary functions, you know, brain activity and respiration and temperature, many, many things. And it turns out that um, the combination of yoga and cannabis uh, you know, while I, I do not believe it should be the entirety of yoga practice, also uh, helps people to feel more at ease, to become more sensitive to the electricity and the other things flowing through the body, to go deeper into uh, actual experience of the nervous system. So uh, as far as, as I'm concerned, the people of antiquity who figured this out, and, and goodness knows when they did, but it was thousands of years ago, really got the combination right. And in the yoga tradition, uh, the god Shiva uh, in the Hindu trinity of gods um, supposedly gave both yoga and cannabis to humanity so that we could experience reverie and expanded states. Yeah, I believe it's fascinating. Well, it accounts from other ancient metaphysical texts about how the Siddhas would travel throughout Southeast India and so forth, teaching and so forth, and teaching various concepts, higher mind concepts, but the fact that we are indeed not just these physical entities, but we, we really have a much higher nature and we can expand into a higher conscious state. It's really intriguing to think that, of course, plant nature, and as you say, has played a huge role in this naturally. That's what the earth provides. There's also various references to ancient Atlantis that some 28,000 years ago and 45,000 years ago, there were various women individuals who were deified in other cultures, and eventually those cultures sank because of the misuse of those powers and so forth. Atlantis also eventually allegedly collapsed around 12 or 13,000 years ago. But we'll get back to that in a minute. Folks, we're here today with fascinating guests. Chris Hillam has written a great book, Lost in the Bud and some other books, and we're having a great conversation about his history and his research. So stick with us. We'll be back in a few minutes. Dr. Ryan Dalrymple with Mind Shock. Be right back.
Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. ASMC, the premier German company that supplies everything for adventure, from outdoor clothes to outdoor gear, even backpacks. Lots of quality and lots of specials. To start your adventure, go to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ASMC. Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. Throw in a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, Build muscle or just live healthy. Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. A complete mind development course, The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery, a powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. Remember, positive impacts. www.healthylife.net. Ron Dalrymple on Mind Shock. Today we have a fascinating guest, Chris Hilton, written some really intriguing books. We're talking about the Lotus and the Bud and his many, many years, well, half a century of research in this intriguing area. Chris, welcome back. Well, thank and you, Ron. Talk- Great pleasure to be with you. Great to have you here. Thank you very much. I want to talk more about the evolution of consciousness from lower states to higher states, moving up through the chakras. You've talked about some in your book. I know you've, you've researched that extensively and how it integrates with the use of cannabis and perhaps other substances as well to help human beings evolve towards a much higher state of mind. Please tell us about that. Well, certainly. The chakras are the energy centers uh, that lie along the spine correspond to nerve plexuses, bundles of nerves. And while the plexuses themselves are physical bundles of nerves, the chakras which reside in the same spot are really the energetic activity of those areas. And, um, you know, we're, we're at a time when we're actually able to, um, you know, measure and, and learn about this energy from a scientific standpoint. We know that, you know, each neuron gives off electricity, and we actually have millions of volts of electricity in us 
buzzing in our atoms at all times, and especially in these concentrated centers of energy. So when you practice, when you practice yoga, part of the idea is to move energy from the very base of the spine um, where we have, you know, uh, nerves that are really responsible for areas of elimination and um, sexual activity and up through the spine, um, you know, through the abdomen, through the heart, the throat, the, the forehead, and the top of the head. Um, and, and as that process occurs, um, we become more expanded in our understanding of the true nature of self. I mean, we're, we're all physical beings. We all require certain physical things. You know, we need warmth. We need food. We need water. We need air. You know, we, we need a whole bunch of things physically. We can't do without them. Um, and, and those needs really get satisfied, if you will, kind of at the lower chakras. And as we go up through the energy centers, especially when we get to the heart, where we really experience love and more openness and compassion and less sense of self and I and other, but more sense of the all and everything, that's when consciousness really gets a boost. And so part of the idea of yoga practice is to make that happen so that we become, you know, fundamentally more aware human beings, not just focused on our basic survival needs or our just our me needs, but on the goodness and joy that is possible for all of humanity and for all of life. And um, yoga practice is one of the ways of getting to that. And I would also say that Cannabis has been phenomenal for helping many people to uh, become less isolated uh, in terms of their, their sense of self related to everything else and more integrated with the all and the everything. And, and the two together seem to be quite profound for engendering that sense of, of unity, which is the fundamental mystical experience. When you read the accounts of mystics everywhere, they all at some point talk about everything being one, about there being no separate sense of I. And, and when this happens, then it's much easier to live with empathy, with compassion, with great care for other beings and, and for the rest of life around us. So. So the moving up through the chakras is not only an energetic process that happens in the body, but it's also something that elevates consciousness to a much more expanded sense of being. Yes, exactly. We become much more highly conscious, and our energy field really increases. And you talked about your, your interaction with Bob G and his transference of Shakipat. Two years. Yes. She's a huge, she said a huge one. Please tell us about that. That's really a fascinating story. Well, when I was a teenager, um, I, I was uh, meditating. I, I started meditating about a, a year before this incident happened, and I was uh, eating natural foods and, you know, running around barefoot and reading spiritual books and, and basically having the time of my life. And I got very sick uh, with the flu in the middle of the summer. And um, so for about uh, several days, I was really good for nothing. I couldn't do anything. I was just too sick. And I was reading the now legendary book, Autobiography of a Yogi, which is really a spellbinding account of yogis in India. And 
certainly one of the great books about about yogic life. And I came upon a passage about this great guru named Babaji, and uh, there was a little footnote at the bottom of the page that said if you utter, you know, his name with reverence, you'll receive a silent spiritual blessing. And I really, I didn't know one way or another, and I didn't have any expectations, and I was dull and sick and hurting, and my eyes were burning. But I closed them, and I said Babaji once, and there was this explosion of light at my third eye, um, beyond, I mean, just brilliant beyond brilliant, and at the very same time, energy started just ripping up my spine from the base to the top of my head, and and it was so intense that I, I pretty much flew out of the seat that I was, of the chair that I was sitting in, and um, this ecstatic experience of intense light and profound energy going up my spine and, and the this, this sense of, of kind of being blown to pieces with joy and goodness and divinity, um, it lasted for, I don't know, maybe two minutes or so. Um, but it seemed like much, much longer. And, and at the end of that time, um, not only did I have this ecstatic sense that stayed with me for a good long while, but I also wasn't sick anymore. And that was my introduction to Shaktipat, which is a, a phenomenon of transferring energy of, of people who have learned to master and um, work with energy to actually be able to send it to others for various purposes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there are many stories about the using avatars who could heal people just by touching them or even thinking about them or blessing them. But they often said you must have faith in this. In other words, keep that state of consciousness where you keep recreating the effects so you keep their consciousness with you. If your mind or thoughts and emotions shift off and you dissipate the energy, as we often do, we get distracted by the external world. So part of the mission is to hit those higher states, understand that, but then maintain a state of consciousness. That is a really huge gift you got at a very young age. It was a huge gift, and, um, you know, I, I have always been grateful for these things. Uh, over, the course, over the course of my life, uh, primarily uh, for many years because I had a radio program which was spiritual in origin, I got to meet endless gurus, mystics, and sages, and they all imparted something of great value to me. So I, I feel like I've been tremendously blessed by this whole experience. Yeah, that really is. That really is wonderful. It's a wonderful journey. I find the same thing. We talk to different fascinating people every week, and it's the same thing. I mean, you get to delve into all these different fascinating aspects of the higher mind and metaphysics and so forth. And every week I get to talk to somebody fascinating like yourself, which gives me insights and ideas. I'm always working on new works and books and so forth. And it always gives you new insights and new directions to evolve into. And today, folks, we're here with Chris Holmes, fascinating guest who wrote The Lotion of Bud. A lot of other books and a lot of research around the world. And we're going to be back in a few moments, so stay tuned. Dr. Ron Dalrymple and Mind Shock, folks. Be right back. Here's a fun, stimulating program that can teach you how to develop your own powers of creation. It uses a three-part mind, stimulating approach to get you to develop your own creative thinking. It will help you create a powerful self-image and helps you see how you can take creative action. 
You'll develop your thinking power and your skills, and you can do this in eight days. Get Dr. Ron Dalrymple's book, Eight Days to Creative Power, on Amazon.com. Overcome your problems with the step-by-step guide. So get Eight Days to Creative Power on Amazon.com. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. A complete mind development course, The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery. A powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. Well, folks, welcome back. Dr. Ryan Dalrymple on Mind Shock. Here we have a fascinating guest. Chris Fellow has written some fascinating books, Lois and a Bud. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Ron. Okay. Thank you. Welcome back. I want to start this segment with talking about what's happening in terms of your knowledge about the legalization of pot on a nationwide level. It's been a big push for it from other sectors. Many states now are full legal or recreational legal and so forth. What's your insight tell you about that, what's happening nationwide? Well, this is a long overdue thing, and and it's happening in the uneven and somewhat chaotic way that we do things in the United States. You know, it's never an easy transition, whatever the issue might be. But in the case of cannabis, um, you know, it was made illegal for all of the wrong, for for basically for lies. I mean, uh, it was made illegal, and that set in motion, you know, terrible things, uh, people arrested, people jailed. You know, there are still thousands of people in prison for pot, which is insane. And, and I'm truly hopeful that what we see is um, not yet another legal structure developed by people who really have had little or none of the experience and think they know what they're doing, but just absolute decriminalization. Um, you know, all of the problems that we see with state regulation of cannabis, wherever cannabis is medical or recreational, basically comes from the fact that they have to work with and start with a completely dysfunctional uh, 
um, you know, fraudulent federal system. And that just makes no sense. So I do hope that the decriminalization of cannabis and of the natural plant and fungus-based psychedelics continues apace because we have to get past what has been a terribly ugly and, um, you know, extremely unfortunate period of time. Yes. Yeah, it really has been a, a travesty perpetrated on people. Some folks draw the parallels, you know, that after prohibition or during prohibition, you know, pot really flourished because alcohol was made illegal. And, of course, then the mob got more powerful selling alcohol legally. And then what happened once alcohol was made legal again, that then there's a big crush put upon pot because it was seen as a competition. And that was part of it. So the federal government was used, misused to demonize it to lock people up and so forth to stop their competition with the powers they had. It's really a long past time. Many folks know it's absurd. Make the point in your book that looking for uh, negative side effects and so forth for pot is <laughs> a hard effort because there are, there are none except where you could argue some of the uses today with the vape and talk about some of the vape stuff, which can affect your lungs and so forth. But if it's taken properly and carefully, which is profound beneficial effects medically, as well as in terms of recreationally, harmonizing the system, we found the endocannabinoid system within the human being. So many profound effects there, and I'm sure many more to follow, as you mentioned earlier. Many things on the horizon. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, yes, and, you know, many um, U.S. veterans, military veterans, who have struggled um, after service um, and have tried the standard course of pharmaceutical drugs as administered by the VA, you know, Veterans Administration, and have been disappointed uh, or have just gotten much more messed up and ugly in their minds and hearts, have turned to cannabis and have found, you know, relief for much of what uh, is troubling in their minds and hearts. And, and you know, I don't, I, I never want to uh, over overly describe cannabis or the psychedelics as, as panaceas because they certainly are not. But um, they help enormously and they do so for obvious and intelligent reasons. They work within our biology. Um, you know, we've co-evolved with these entities. Um, they work on us in ways that cause us to, I mean, you know about this, but, you know, when we react negatively to things or we're hurt by something for years, uh, part of what's going on is we've, we've developed well-worn neural grooves, you know, particular ways that we respond in our brains, and these become automatic. And we know from brain imaging um, with various psychoactive, psychoactive agents that when you're high, you make new neural pathways. And as a result, that gives you greater flexibility of response. So like, like, let's say as a kid, you know, you were beaten by somebody who, I don't know, you know, always carried a pencil. So ever after, anytime you see somebody carrying a pencil, you get scared. When you develop new, new neural networks, then what you see is a person with a pencil, and that's it. And, and I think that the relief and the end of suffering for many people, I, you know, I used to spend a lot of time with a dear friend of mine who was dying of cancer. She'd have a little bit of cannabis so that she could eat because she otherwise just didn't have any appetite. And um, just seeing how that made such a huge difference in her life and made her comfortable, much more comfortable for 
quite a long time. Um, you know, that's all the proof I need that this is this is real medicine. This is real healing, and we should have the right to utilize these agents as we wish, not as controlled by government offices. Right. I think you're exactly right. There has been massive overregulation of these for all the wrong reasons, for mercenary purposes, for predatory purposes. You mentioned before, of course, that nature provides many, many herbs for healing that have been used throughout history, and the push by allopathic medicine has been to manufacture different chemicals in the laboratory which are supposed to mimic various plants because they can think, patent that, control that, and make massive profit at it. There's also a series of videos that you probably know about you can be fascinated by and so are our listeners, called The Truth About Cancer by Ty Bollinger, which is really fascinating. He talks about the same thing you said. There's many, many herbs out there which, of course, totally cure cancer, which make it dissolve, and that the horrific methods used by allopathic medicine often destroy the immune system and have profound and negative side effects, where many herbs actually dissolve tumors and can help you profoundly cure cancer. And, of course, marijuana is a great... As you mentioned, a great relaxant can be used for a euphoric. You can help harmonize the system. It's good for PTSD veterans to deal with that. It's good for cancer patients to increase appetite. There's so many uses, usages for pot used in a proper way that to regulate and suppress it really is a crime. That's where the crime is. Oh, yeah, there's no question about that. And, and I do want to say I'm not a total drug basher. I mean, I travel all over the world, and I always carry ciprofloxacin, in the, the broad-spectrum antibiotic, because I've had some oh, sure. circumstances in, in terribly unsanitary places where I've gotten hideously sick, and, you know, I've needed to take two capsules of that just to be able to function, and it has worked. So I, I, I do rely almost entirely on, on plant-based medicines but um, I will resort to uh, Cipro if my life is in danger from dysentery. There's no question about that. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, allopathic medicine, of course, has done good things. Well, I don't mean to imply that. I mean, you mentioned mm -hmm. emergency medicine, which evolved, yeah. you know, from Vietnam and so forth. A right. lot of uh, things that evolved. Antibiotics, many medications are very important and very powerful, and there are many fine allopaths out there that... Yeah, but I'm referring more to, like, the big companies behind the scenes with more of a predatory intent. Anyway, folks, today we're here with Chris Hill. Now, Chris, can you please tell folks where we can find you and find your books and learn more about you? Okay. Um, again, I'm Chris Killam, K-I-L-H-A-M. Um, you can go to medicinehunter.com, which is my website. You can go to Medicine Hunter on Instagram or Medicine Hunter on Facebook, and uh, you'll find a lot of information, articles on my website. You'll find about 150 links to some of the TV I've done and a lot of materials on the botanicals. So medicinehunter.com or Medicine Hunter on most of the social media platforms. Okay, great. Well, that's really great. Well, folks, I highly recommend Chris's book. It really is a fascinating read. Chris, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for being on the show. Really do appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ron. You take really good care. Appreciate being on. Okay, thank you, Chris, and thanks for all the great work you're doing to, to benefit mankind. Take care and God bless. Same to you, man.
Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. Throw in a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. If you want USA and worldwide car rentals, choose rentacar.com. Free cancellations on most bookings, no hidden charges. They are trusted by over 4 million customers. Visit our advertiser page and click on the Rent-A-Car banner. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. This is Jack Maher from the band Feed the Kitty. It's important to support the artists you love, and you can do that and get something authentic for yourself. Rock.com has the most coveted, licensed merchandise of music, culture, and entertainment. So go to the advertiser page and click on Rock.com now. Quantum Field Psychology 2nd Edition is an astounding book on the new theory of mind. It is the first unified field theory that incorporates the influence of the mind and emotion on physical reality, the universe, and even other minds. It actually integrates all modern psychology with quantum physics, mathematics, western, and eastern spiritual beliefs. It's the true bridge between science and spirituality. Get your copy of Quantum Field Psychology, second edition, by Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Amazon.com. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, Dr. Ryan Dalrymple on Mind Shock. He's talked to a great, great guest, Chris Kellum, who's talking about his fascinating book, Lotus and the Bud, where he's explored the evolution of yoga as a practice throughout history going back countless thousands of years, tens of thousands, at least we don't know how long, and has correlated that with the use of various natural herbs upon the planet to help stimulate human consciousness, focusing upon cannabis as one. As we mentioned, there's been discovered an endocannabinoid system within the human body, which has a vast number of receptors which are attuned to the cannabis structure, so it stimulates the body, helps harmonize the body, helps heal the body. One of the herbs that nature provides to help us heal and grow, as well as develop higher states of mind. Now, many other herbs have been discovered as well. And as he mentioned, there's a current push called, I guess, the psychedelic revolution, which has come back. That was around in the 1960s, where it was used more recreationally, but now there's a much more uh, medical and professional approach to understanding how these entities stimulate the human body to induce different states of consciousness. For many years, hallucinogens such as LSD and so forth or mescaline have been used for terminal patients with cancer who have found it greatly helpful in terms of integrating their lives, understanding their lives, putting things together, because it shifts your state of consciousness 
to a different level, we have very different perceptions. So you move more away from the centralized idea that you're, a, you're one entity caught from other people to realizing we're actually all connected to each other by various energy fields, and that as you expand your understanding of that, you connect to other people, become more intuitive, you take on hopefully a much kinder nature where you treat people with respect and kindness. And it's also possible, as he mentioned with the Shakyput concept, he had an interaction with Babija, I'm sorry, Babaji, who was an ancient yogi that he focused upon at one time and felt a huge energy input. The idea is that people can transfer energy from one to another. This has been found throughout history as well that healers, those who are natural healers or those who get there by training, have the ability to transfer energy from their entity to somebody else to help lift them up, to help heal their body. But the recipient must maintain a certain state of mind to make those energies work. So the idea is have faith in this process and go forth and live your life in a higher state of mind. So we've been talking about on this show quite some time about different approaches to the evolution of consciousness from the lower state where we're worried about fears and anxieties and guilt and depression and so forth, which more or less enslave the mind and addict the mind to much lower states. And the whole idea is to resolve and dissolve those old fixations. And Chris is talking about how yoga helps you to do that. But yoga helps you to break off all those blocks. And if you read his book, you see what he's talking about. There's also a number of chakras moving up through the spinal column, which are energy centers, or described as energy wheels, which vibrate at certain frequencies. The idea is that you move up the chakras from the base the root chakra up to the crown chakra, the very top, the apex of the head. And that in so doing, it's kind of like sending a pyramid, and you keep increasing the energy. Remember the old equation, energy equals HF, Planck's constant times frequency. So at the higher levels, you're at a much higher frequency of vibration. So we shift that conscious state to a higher level and then can heal, of course, our own body and other people and do great works upon Earth to help heal the planet. So the more folks who move in that direction, the more we can help this planet survive this very chaotic time in history when tribal thinking has been enslaving the world for a long time. Let's get beyond those old models. We talked about the monolithic structures, these very powerful monopolies out there who are run by a small group of people who have taken them over in, in certain ways, at times very ruthless ways, and run those systems to profit themselves, not humankind. We need to shift that state to a higher understanding. We're all here to help each other, lift each other up, to work together. That's the only way this planet's going to survive and thrive and get through this really difficult time. And... We're not here advocating that you use anything, any substance at all. That has to be one's own personal choice. Probably should consult with other people about any use you indulge, especially the, uh, the more powerful substances. Of course, the admonition always is to proceed with caution. You might even do so with the help of professionals. Various naturopathic professionals might be the greatest benefit there. But there is a big push nationwide to legalize pot to make it available to people because it does have many healing properties. Of course, it always should be used with caution and legalized only for a certain age and above and then be taken in a circumspect way not to overindulge and also be careful some of the vaping devices apparently will put various tars in the lungs, so you definitely want to avoid that. In any case, you also don't necessarily need to use such things. You can also just do yoga, as Chris talks about in his book. I think it's certainly true. In fact, many approaches to higher consciousness, such as some of this we talked about, like the Rosicrucian approaches, I'll talk about you don't need any type of substances to evolve your higher conscious state. It simply is a matter of work, of trans 
transforming yourself from the old state of mind to a higher state of mind, resolving the old fixations, keeping a higher state, a positive state at all times, knowing there's a higher power working through all of us, and when we raise our minds towards that, there's more of a download from that higher state into the lower state. So your ego mind then connects with that higher mind. So you're constantly in contact with that. And that higher mind is constantly giving you information, input, ideas, revelations. We talked about how some of the greatest minds in history, such as Tesla, Edison, Mozart, and others, were able to do this. They could tap into that higher conscious state, access new ideas, bring them down to the world to help transform the world. So this work has to do with really understanding that we are much more than just an animal body. A lot of the old theories of, of evolution talk about we're an animal body, you crawl up out of the mud and all this stuff. Well, what we're saying is there's far more to it than that. Many other philosophies found in the East go back many tens of thousands of years. We talk about the, the Siddhas we mentioned who traveled throughout India some 12,000 years ago, teaching the same higher consciousness states taught by the various avatars in history who have brought to the world these different ideas which are both spiritual and scientific. We created the theory quantum field psychology. The whole idea was to integrate science with spirit and show that they all make perfect sense. So we took all the major theories of psychology and created them together in a whole new paradigm using math and physics to show that it makes perfect sense scientifically that we are energy beings inside the physical body. That's really the bottom line of what we're, where we're coming from. So promote that idea and showing that all these different approaches all over the world integrate with and synchronize with those ideas. So it is a universal field theory, a theory of everything, where it's a whole new paradigm of thought. So many other theories of everything are not, no offense to them, but kind of a, a mishmash of ideas kind of linked together. We said this theory is a whole new paradigm which shows that if we look at it from a different point of view, all those subsystems link up and make sense. Which we talked about in, of course, our book, Quantum Field Psychology, which is on Amazon. There are other books, Eight Days to Create a Power, The Inner Manager, and I Love You, God, are all about ascent to a higher conscious state. We have a new book coming out soon called Mind Games People Play, which shows how to deal with some of the adversities of the mind and at times with other people. And we also created a film, of course, called The Endless Question, a two-hour documentary about the new theory to try to make it easy to understand, where we interviewed some great minds around the world on this and also tie into works of Nikolai Tesla. That's free on Amazon, The Endless Question. So in any case, folks, it's Dr. Ron Dalrymple with Mind Shock. We'll be back next week for another fascinating guest. We have a lot of people lined up to thrill and amaze you. So hang in there. We'll see you again next week. Dr. Ron Dalrymple with Mind Shock. Take care. God bless.